All right, here we go for Saul 106. Uh, nice morning, February 6th to minus 7. Heading into the Sports 1440 studios here at West Edmonton Mall. Thanks so much for checking in this morning uh, on the Kevin Carey Show on your AM radio dial, Sports 1440, um, on the interweb, sports1440.ca, and of course all our platforms and apps, uh, iHeartRadio, etc., etc., etc. Can you believe it? It's game day, and it feels like it hasn't been game day for, well, months. <laughs> I don't know, but it's only been, you know, 10 days since the Oilers last played when they beat the Nashville Predators Saturday afternoon at Rogers Place. But the big game tonight that everyone has been looking forward to in Vegas against the Golden Knights. The Oilers looking for their 17th win in a row, which would tie an NHL record set by the Pittsburgh Penguins back in 92-93. The Oilers come in with a record of 29-15-1, Vegas 29-15-6. So this uh, little run that the Oilers are going to be on here right now, they're going to start catching up on teams as far as in the game's played department because the real bullets... Not that they haven't been, but the bigger bullets have been really flying. Uh, they will start flying because of the schedule and exactly how the Oilers are going to be a lot busier, I guess you could say, in the second half here than they were compared to the first half with 37 games in 73 days. Yep, 37 games in 73 days. That includes seven back-to-back contests. And if you remember in the first half, the Oilers didn't have a whole lot of back-to-backs, but they're going to have quite a few of them here coming up in the second half, including the tail end of this road trip. After tomo- after tonight's game, they'll head to, uh, they got a little golf excursion uh, Wednesday and Thursday kind of thing, and then they'll be uh, in Anaheim Friday, and then the LA Kings on the back-to-back on Saturday. So it's kind of nice to just say that you know, the Oilers are back and hockey's back. Had a couple of games last night and always good to see when the Leafs kind of don't get it done. The Islanders beat, them, beat the Leafs last night by a score of 3-2. to two. Kyle McLean scored a goal for the Islanders, which was cool. It was his first NHL goal, but it was also with his dad, John Diehard McLean, on the bench for the Islanders. So he had a, boy, did he have a grin from... Ear to ear, see his son score his first NHL goal. And then the uh, Rangers defeated Colorado 2-1 in overtime. Besides the Oilers, a couple of key games to, uh, I guess, people kind of be keeping an eye on tonight. Uh, Vancouver is in Carolina, and also Winnipeg visits Pittsburgh. Uh, There's eight games in total on the schedule. We'll get to those as the morning progresses. But Winnipeg and Pittsburgh... Uh, Mark Shifley expected to be back in the lineup, as well as Sean Monaghan making his Winnipeg Jets debut against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And still lots of discussion in Pittsburgh with the availability of uh, Corey Getzel. And will Getzel be one of the guys that are on the move here in the next month or so? We'll have to see exactly where Pittsburgh what Pittsburgh does, what the Penguins do here in the next uh, three, four weeks. And that would make a big part of the decision-making process exactly where uh, Gensel goes. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Stair Farmer with his daily check in. Go Oilers, go! Good morning, boys. I hope they come out flying tonight and continue this great run. Well, only one other team has made it this far, seventeen in a row. The, the Oilers tied Columbus, the mark that the Blue Jackets set seven, eight years ago. I guess it is now, and only Pittsburgh with seventeen wins in a row. 
has more wins in NHL history. And you know, it's we had uh, Larry Murphy on the show last Friday. Larry was a part of that 92-93 team. <laughs> he was discussing the fact that it sort of hurt them. It it didn't it it did them um, no favors as they headed into the playoffs. the The streak was ended on the last day of the regular season with a tie, and Pittsburgh had well, I think they had fifty two wins that season. Pittsburgh goes into the playoffs as the number one favorite, number one favorite to win the Stanley Cup. But the New York Islanders defeated Pittsburgh that season in the semifinals, and there you go. Some sad news from the entertainment world last night in, into the wee hours of the morning that Toby Keith passed away. Duke, you were a big Toby Keith fan. I think a lot of people were Toby Keith fans. Yeah, Toby Keith, probably I would say like my my first favorite, like when you reach an age where you're old enough to have a favorite singer and stuff, uh, I mm-hmm. think Toby Keith is probably mine. I saw him in concert at uh, Rexall. Did you? Uh, back when I was probably like 14 or f- uh. Uh, no younger than that, 12th, like grade six or something. Um, but yeah, like the, the three albums at the start of the two, the decade or it's a millennium, yeah. it was pull my chain unleashed and then shocking y'all. Mm-hmm. Those there were like three I could, I knew every word to every song of all three of them front to back. It was uh yeah, sad day. It's and a bit a legend of the industry for sure. I, I can't tell you if music videos are as popular now as they were <laughs> 30 years ago or yeah. whatever, whatever. I mean, I haven't watched a music video for probably 30 years. I don't know. But Toby Keith had some great, great videos like the, you know, the as good as I once was. That one's an all-timer. Very funny. You know, he's kind of, you you see the the comedic value of his personality. Then you saw, I mean, the the Red Solo Cup one. Yeah, like like just a stupid song that he probably wrote sitting around the campfire with like a couple of his songwriting buddies. And they're like, this is so (laughs) dumb. And then it's someone hears it and they're like, yeah. that's so dumb, people will like it. <laughs> but uh, like it's it's an idiotic song, but it sure is catchy mm-hmm. and uh, and it makes waves. And uh, of course, his dedication to uh, the American military yeah. and going overseas and performing in Afghanistan. And it reached controversial at times, his support of, uh, of his own nation and country. But I mean, hey, uh, you stand for something uh, that's... You can respect that kind of one way. He never backed the down other, so. one inch on it. Yeah, you know he was like, you know he was almost like a, a comparable to like a Don Cherry. You oh, know what I mean? yeah, very comparable. When, when you're kind of looking at that, uh, but uh, passed away last night. And the other thing, years ago, I think it would be about a dozen years ago, he kind of got a record label going and ended up getting Taylor Swift to the record label. So he sort of helped Taylor Swift get her career going 12 years ago. So we're ballpark. I'm not totally sure on the exact year, but uh, yeah. So Toby Keith passing away. Uh, had What did he, he had stomach cancer, eh, Duke? Is that what it was? Yeah. So um, we'll have Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. We'll have some sound of uh, their interviews, first interviews back in town. Yesterday, following practice, after the Oilers practice, they left for Vegas and uh, tonight's game. Uh, you know, when you look at this winning streak, Stu Skinner obviously has been a massive part of it. He'll get the start tonight. I would imagine, I would imagine that, uh, you know, they'd split the two games coming up uh, as far as um, Cal Pickard will play Friday in Anaheim. And then you would think that uh, Stu Skinner will play Saturday in L.A., but Stu Skinner, over the course of the 16-game winning streak, uh, 12 straight wins. 14 is the record set by three goaltenders, one of them Tommy Barrasso. And you know the other two, Duke, don't you? 
Wasn't it Jonas Hiller? The legend. <laughs> You're, it was, and I assume that was in Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah, because, his, his time in Calgary was far less yeah. successful. I mean, hey, his time in Anaheim was actually incredibly successful. He basically just like left because there was Frederick Anderson and John Gibson pushing him out the door. Yeah, but uh, Jonas Hiller, like All Star, uh, he got vertigo the one year at the All Star game, took a puck off the head, and it was kind of all downhill actually after that. But uh, yeah, he he was actually very good for the Ducks. So he's in the group with Tom Barrasso and the third goaltender. Do you know who that is, Duke? I've I've seen this list bounce around, but it eludes uh, the tip of my tongue. Okay, we'll let we'll let maybe a let listener that marinate let a, list, let a listener text it in if you want one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Do you know who the third goal? Tom Brasso, okay, Hall of Famer. You can see that Hiller. I just I can't believe it for one, but uh, Stu Skinner closing in on on a mark that is just. Unbelievable. 14 is the record. It, over this course of the 12-game uh, winning streak for Stu, he's got a 1.41 uh, average and a 951 save percentage. Keep in mind that the Vegas Golden Knights, they're kind of hurt. They've got some guys, some key guys out, uh, none more important to their lineup than Jack Eichel, who will be out several more weeks. Also, uh, Shea Theodore on the back end, one of their top defensemen. He's been out for a number of weeks now, and I don't know exactly when he'll be coming back, but maybe we can get some light shed on that from Kelly McCrimmon, Vegas Golden Knights general manager who will uh, join us at 920. And just in case you're unaware, uh, Duke, and just in case you're unaware, Marty Stevens, Mark Spector will join us at 9 o'clock today. 9 o'clock Mountain Time. In fact... Nine o'clock all week. All week long. He's here all week. Try the veal. Nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one mention so far for a spec at nine o'clock. How's that? Should we keep a running? A running? Uh, yeah, I, I can keep a tab yeah. here. Uh, Chuck from Beaumont says Patrick Laleem. That's <laughs> a good. It's not a bad answer. Yeah. I don't believe it's correct though. Do you? No, I don't. It's <laughs> good. Like it. So yeah, it's a, it's it's a a guy that you'll probably won't figure out who it is. Played a while back, I think. Like how much a while? A while back. You're gonna have you know Duke's really thinking about it. Really thinking about digging it. deep, digging deep. I'm gonna have to check exactly. I think it's a, it's a few years back. So that's that's something that Duke will. Well, where's Donnie P? What's he doing? Is he over there? I don't know if he's over getting himself a little... He likes hot chocolate in the morning. He's not a coffee guy. <laughs> so he goes and makes himself hot chocolate. That might be what he's uh, So that's what Donnie P... Like, I notice he leaves here right as soon as the show goes on. Like, <laughs> kind of like, well, isn't this kind of... so? We should be kind of getting going here, no? And then all of a sudden, Donnie P leaves. He's 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 flat out from the moment we, we crack the mics, but not for the first break. First break's like his, uh, his uh, leeway time. He gets here, gets settled in. Then goes for his hot chocolate or whatever, and then he'll come back in and he won't leave the studio again for the next six hours. Yes. Um, the Oilers, uh, during this 16-game uh, winning streak, you know how many goals they've allowed? In the 16-game winning streak? Well, I know it has never been more than two. Yes. Um, well, no, the, I think it was at the start. Oh, sorry. Right, the, yeah. fir- the Yes, the, the two games against the Devils and Rangers. I believe it's uh, but two dozen. Since the Rangers game, they have not been more than that. So, yeah, 16, I would say there's been a shutout mixed in there. Couple, two shutouts? A couple dozen. One for each. Two That's do- pretty impressive. Two dozen. And apparently, if you depending on who you um, 
when you see all these stat things come in, advanced stats, you, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But anyway, if you look at a few of the metrics, less than half of those goals are from high danger areas, if you hmm. want to call it that. So I always say, well, if you're outside of a, where is the high danger area end? Do you, if a player has the puck on his stick with a split second more time, that's a high danger shot opportunity to me if he's just outside wherever you want to, if you want to call it the home plate thing around around the goal. Yeah. To me, because he has a little more, well, except for Leon Dreisaitl, I guess. But <laughs> if you have a little extra time, that in my mind is a high danger opportunity because you have a little more, um, just that extra split second to decide what you want to do with the puck. So uh, depending on h- what metrics you're using, what, site you're using again all of these these have to be put in these have to be plugged in by someone watching the games so mark says if the oilers win tonight to tie the record do you start who do you start in that in anaheim bearing in mind it's the first of back-to-back bearing in mind that goalie would potentially be in the record breaking game very true but would you not because anaheim you always it seems that a coach will put in his goaltender the backup against the inferior team of the two back to of the two back to backs. That that's I'm sure it's probably seventy five eighty percent that happens. Yeah. So, but I mean, hey, right now are the Kings really uh, much better off than the you, Ducks? You know, they're going to be coming out hard here. You you would hope so if you're yeah. if you're anybody following the Kings season because it has been a tailspin, and then as we well know, uh, resulted in <laughs> Tom McClung getting fired during the All Star break. You know, I, 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 we kind of touched on it last week, but I don't mean, I think I only, I didn't make it clear enough. I was the only, I told you guys on Friday at the thing, I was the only guy on the entire planet, only the only guy on the entire planet that grew up across the street with Todd McClellan and then played a year of junior hockey with the new coach <laughs> coming in, Jim Hiller. Yeah, with Jim Hiller. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, that's kind of neat, kind of neat. So, uh, Dean says, sounds like Bunny LaRock. <laughs> uh, Brad says, boys, I'm praying nobody let their wives wash their lucky socks over the break. And we got a winner, Wade from Drayton Valley. Tiny Thompson from the Bruins. Thank goodness for Google. Yes. I don't think a guy's getting that goaltender very often. And that's Tiny Thompson is, we're going to have to figure out exactly the year he did it. Mm. Donnie P, back from his hot chocolate run. We'll get him on it. <laughs> when we come back, we've got some open time. We have to, I, I assume Tyler Uremchuk said, can I get an extra 20 minutes, half an hour? Is that what he said or what? So, so Tyler uh, said, and this is, so I, I gave him this leeway. He's, he's like, I could rush to make not 720 work. He's like, but can we do 740 instead? <laughs> I was like, Mr. Uremchuk. Yes. The, anything the, for the Lord of the internet. Yes. I will happily uh, shift some things around for you. So anything for the a, chucker. A, appreciate so, Tyler uh, making yeah. time for us. And what we all know is his unbelievably jam-packed schedule on a day-to-day, and today basis. Again, a lot of our, it, it, sometimes it's a little difficult to find a guest or two in the 7 o'clock hour, yeah. just the way it is, depending on where teams are. Some Tra- teams are tra- still Travel, on the, time zones, still on the break, et yeah, cetera. So. Exactly. So Tyler will join us at 7.40. We got Matthew Shinetti, CFL on TSN. So the big window opened up on Sunday, I guess, for free agent communication, the communication window. So it's just uh, 
Everything is, it's all backdoor stuff anyway. I don't even know. Like, I mean, people were talking before the communication window opened. We all know that. But we'll get Matthew's thoughts on where, you know, some of the bigger names are going to land. Like, you know, like a Brady Oliveira. Where is he going to land? Uh, What about uh, Matthew Betts had a sensational year in BC, the former green and golder. Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff will be our headliner of the day at 8.20. Uh, Grant Fuhr, former NHLer, Hockey Hall of Famer, co-hosts every Tuesday from 9 to 11. And just in case you missed it, Mark Spector will join us at 9 o'clock this week. He's coming on 9 o'clock this week because he is traveling with the Oilers and he will be guesting with us, well, I guess today from Vegas. And then tomorrow he's got... Uh, on his way, I believe, he's going to head out to Bakersfield, do a couple stories out there. One of them would be with Jack Campbell. So Mark Spector will join us at 9 o'clock this week. As mentioned, Kelly McCrimmon, uh, Vegas Golden Knights general manager, will be with us at 9.20. And then Ryan S. Clark, that's uh, Ryan S. Clark, the NHL on ESPN at 10.20. He will be with uh, Grant and I to talk a little bit uh, around the NHL. When we come back, we will hear from Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and then Tyler Uremchuk at 740. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, there's a great Kobe, Keith. Are we going to get the other one, uh, Duke, about the Monday Night Football? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let's get that one. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Monday Night Football. The but. intro, because he changed all the words, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, well, Frank Gifford was still doing Monday Night Football, so this is a long time ago, and uh, we'll find that for you where Toby Keith did the, it's about a minute long, the Monday Night intro for a Cowboys game and just changed all the the lyrics of that song to, I should have been a cowboy and talking about... Uh, you know, Aikman and Emmett and Roger Staubach and all these guys. So, uh, text coming in to 1833401440. This is a real good one from Doug. Uh, so, Kevin, I'm thinking if today is like yesterday, and if you get 20 or so texts from Smart Alex asking what time is spec coming on, reminds me of uh, years ago when a Smart Alec would call into Brian Hall's show at least once a week and ask the same question for years. Hey, Brian, whatever became of Earl Edwards? So Earl was a retired CFL football player. Brian would get so mad you could hear the steam coming out of his ears over the airwaves. Absolutely hilarious. Yes, a classic. Uh, that comes from Doug. The one story that reminds me of, of course, and Brian Hall, obviously a broadcasting legend, uh, did it for so many years, still kind of dabbling in it a little bit, but one time about, 25 years ago, a guy phoned into the show too, Duke, and said, because uh, Brian at that time, and think about it, you know, how we do liners and commercials and things like that. Brian would go out and get the 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 sale, come back and just basically write the commercial himself, put it on the air, and it was way more than what it was supposed to be. He gave the client a lot more than what he was getting. And one time he had, uh, obviously he had Tony Romas, was the number one. And this some guy phoned in, and, you know, Brian would always say, Tony Romas, the best taste in ribs in North America. And then uh, some guy calls in and says, hey, Brian, Tony Romas don't even have the best tasting ribs on 51st Avenue, never mind North America. And then Halsey real quickly goes, well, you don't like ribs? We got chicken, we got burgers, you know, so... So, uh, funny guy, and Halsey's uh, a real, real nice man, real nice man, and, and as I said, a, a broadcasting legend. King of Fort Nasty, Texan, good morning, KK and Duke. You know that your Remchuk is still in his PJs eating cereal and watching cartoons. Go, well, go, 17 in a row. Cheers, a King of Fort Nasty. Do you think that's true? 
I wouldn't doubt it. I uh, I don't because Tyler laid out what his schedule was. Uh, he had a, he was recording something. Oh, okay. uh, first thing this morning. So well, we're gonna ask him about it. Oh, of course. Yeah. What's on the docket for? Whenever I see, like, I'm just picturing, you know, that old picture of John Tavares in his Leafs jammies. Yeah, I see, I see Chucker in his Oilers jammies. I yeah. guess I don't know. Why not? It's probably got born, born and raised local oh, product. Yes, Tyler yes, yes. So Oilers in action tonight in Vegas. Oilers slowly creeping up on the Golden Knights, uh, five games in hand. A win tonight would be obviously massive, uh, not only in the standings, but probably less important if you ask the players and you kind of get that from, you know, what you heard yesterday and uh, in the sense that they just want to kind of keep their game going. The streak isn't a big, the bigger picture. It's about, you know, making sure you have polish on their game. Oilers captain Connor McDavid addressed the media after returning from the All-Star game, and here are those comments. You know you spoke a little bit about it there, but can you kind of maybe sum up the uh, All-Star game experience and how things went for you? Yeah, I thought it was fun. Um, like I said, I thought it was competitive. Um, I thought the draft was fun. Um, it was a little tough to hear what people were saying on the ice, so I think maybe that's why it was a little slow. Um, I couldn't hear anything anyone was saying, so it was it was tough, but um, I thought it was good. Um but the skills went well. The guys competed, and it was entertaining. And obviously, the game was uh, was competitive and uh, fun for the fans. I thought Leon's one of the most accurate shooters in the league. But when you put him face to face with time and space, it doesn't seem to agree with him. Yeah, he usually likes to uh, to stand over on his on his side and, and one time him in the net, but or use his backhand or something like that. He's not good from the from the slot, I guess. So, um, but I mean, obviously, it's a it's a tough uh, it's a tough thing to do, and shows that. Uh, um, everyone's human once in a while. Uh, now 17 in a row, and you're, you're going for it in the home of the Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty easy to get the juices going. Yeah, obviously it's exciting. Um, we're just excited to be back. Anytime you have a first game back from a break, um, guys are usually ready to go. I would expect them to be ready to go as well, so I would, uh, I would expect an entertaining game. You guys have been, you know, not reluctant, but you haven't sort of focused on the streak too much, it seems. But now that that opportunity is right there, to actually be at you know tied for the top and at the top, does that become now something you can discuss or emphasize? Uh, no, we're not talking about it in there. Um, you know, I think for us it's just about um, the day to day. You know, staying focused on kind of what's in front of us and what's in front of us is a very good Vegas team, one that's a, a team that's ahead of us in the standings and and uh, and one that we'd like to catch. Connor, from your past experience, does it take a little bit of time to like get your feet back under you after an All-Star break, or not not so much? You know, I think it's it's different for for some guys, and it's different from time to time. I've had times where I come back from a break and feel amazing right out of the gate, and I've had times where it takes a little bit. You got to work work your way back. So, um, you know, I don't expect guys to be um, in different places, but collectively as a group. Um, I would expect us to be ready to go. Anyway, this one's a bit easier because this All-Star game, especially the skills, was just there's a little bit more competition, right? So maybe you're in that mindset a little bit more. Um, yeah, I thought you know, obviously for 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 us, it's been for Leo and I, it's been two uh, two kind of not grueling, but you know, kind of tiring days on the ice um, at the skills and the and the three on three. I think it's harder on on the body than people might expect. And, um, for us, we've had two good practices now in the whole group, so. Um, we're definitely ready to go. In the past, you've talked, Connor, how you feel better the more you play. Now, you guys have 37 games now in the, in the final 73 days. February's not that crazy, but March and April definitely is. Uh, do you look at that, and, and can you can you manage it at all as far as your body? Or you just feel better when you play more frequent? Um, 
I think you just feel better. You get into a routine. Um, something that I, I personally like, getting into a rhythm and a routine. Um, seems like we've had lots of uh, different breaks. Um, you know, it's been like you know, five, ten games, then a break, five, ten games, then a break. So, um, you know, if we're still four, five, six games behind some teams, um, behind the whole league, it almost seems like. So I'm sure our, our schedule is going to pick up here eventually, and um, we'll make those games back. And with this winning streak, you guys have put yourself in a position where home ice advantage is now a conversation again. Leo talked about just how yeah. big it is, especially yeah. if you get to game seven. Is there that added incentive when you have a game like tomorrow in Vegas when you know you're that close, that could be a difference maker come the end of the season? I would say we're just focused on on playing our best hockey. That's ultimately what it is. Um, I think that's been kind of this good stretch of play that we've had. Um, it's just been we're not focusing on anything other than playing good hockey, um, and that's our focus. And we know if we do that, then wins will come, and with wins comes uh, moving up the standing. So um, we're focused on what's in front of us, and um, and that's it. That's Oilers captain Connor McDavid, uh, currently T4 in the points race with 67. However, he has uh, he's played seven fewer games than Nathan McKinnon uh, with 85 points. Connor's at 67, so you can kind of do the math and see where he will likely be a few points back. Not the way he is right now. So just uh, when you figure out, just, I don't know, add up about 13, 14 points, he's right there. So anyway, uh, Leon Dreisettle is uh, right now 14th in the NHL. But again, games in hand. And they, the Oilers have so many games in hand. So he will be uh, climbing the ranks as well. And uh, after yesterday's practice, here's what uh, Leon Dreisettle had to say to the media. Leon, uh, first of all, just kind of to wrap up the, uh, the All-Star experience, seeing Connor win the, the million and uh, all this stuff. Uh, yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, obviously happy for Connor. Um, you know, I've obviously uh, put a lot of moral support in for him, so <laughs> should, should get my little cup, but we'll figure that out later. Um, no, but obviously, um, you know, very happy for him. Um, it's very, very competitive. It was fun all, all around. Just a good weekend. You're one of the most accurate shooters in the league. Yeah, that wasn't great. Right? <laughs> that's all right. You're gonna move over to the no, side yeah. next time. <laughs> yeah, that's two years in a row where I kind of laid an egg there, but that's all right. I don't overly care to be honest. <laughs> there goes your cut. Yeah, there you go. Now you, you switch gears back into it, and obviously you guys are rolling. You're know, looking to tie a record. Now that you're this close, I know you haven't talked about it a lot, but. Can't tie a record very often in the NHL when it's difficult. There's a little bit more emphasis now in the game. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we both teams know the situation we're in, they're in. Um, so it's going to be a good game. We know what they're going to try to do. Um, but I think what, what's made us so successful over the last little bit is that we didn't talk about it and we didn't, um, you know, make too too big of a fuss uh, out of it. So um, we're just going to continue down that path. Um, it's going to be a good test for us tomorrow, and um, yeah, hopefully we can we can keep it going. You guys have put yourself back in the race for home ice, specifically in the specific division. Having been in the playoffs the last few years, can you just maybe talk about what you think the importance of, even if it's only for one round, to get that game seven if needed at home? Yeah, it's big. Uh, it's really big. Um, you know, the, the margin of error is, is really, really slim in the playoffs, and um, a lot of times you get 
um, you know, two teams having won three games after six games, right? Uh, it goes down to, to game seven a lot of times. So um, being at home for that for that final game is, is big, of course. So uh, definitely goal goal of ours. And you guys have talked a lot about wanting to improve defensively. You only allowed 18 goals in your last 14 games, which is no team's ever done that in the history of the NHL. It's a it's a really good defensive. What what can you pinpoint as to what you'd like about the group defensively? Goaltending. <laughs> um, he's been, but both of them have been unbelievable for us. Um, but with that being said, I also think that um, you know we're sticking to our system um, for 60 minutes, and um, everyone does their job. Um, I think we're very dialed in right now um, as to what your job is and, and, and what you're supposed to do in, in certain situations. And um, we're just playing really good defense. And when we do give something up, our, our goalies have been uh, outstanding for us. So uh, it's a good combination. The fact that this game uh, is in <coughs> Vegas against Vegas and you've got the history of last year, does that add a little juice to this uh, scenario? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But, um, you know, obviously it's a fun building to play in. Um, good atmosphere there. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a good test for us. Just from your past experiences, do you find it takes a little time to like get your feet back under you after an all-star break? Uh, yeah, sometimes a little bit, but um, you know we got no time to waste here, so um, we got to jump jump right into it tomorrow and um, you know try 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 to play our best game. That's Oilers forward Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, when we come back, we will check in with Tyler Uramchuk from Oilers Nation. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the Puck Report, brought to you by Fountain Tire. And Fountain Tire is helping you stay on the road safely with flexible payment plans to suit your needs. Talk to your local store about their financing options. You can learn more at fountaintire.com as we welcome in Tyler Yeremchuk from Oilers Nation. Good morning, Chucker. Welcome back to the big show. Hey, Kev, thanks for having me. You know, we got a text that just came in. It came from the king of Fort Nasty, and it said, you know that Yeremchuk is still in his PJs eating cereal and watching cartoons. That can't be true, can it? Come on, I feel like I don't get enough credit here. It's <laughs> it's 7.42. I've been up for a little bit already. I know you right? have. I know you have. You've probably been up longer than I have. <laughs> no, well, no, not quite. I couldn't do a morning show, but no, uh, no, it's no. easy. It's also easy when I can just roll downstairs into my own basement studio and yeah. get my stuff going. That that helps. Well, I was just juicing you, of course, but uh, getting back, you were in Toronto. How, how many were you out there? Uh, five days. Five. Got in on Wednesday, stayed right up until uh, Sunday after All-Star festivities kind of wrapped up. An awesome week. The NHL always does a really good job with, with All-Star weekend. I know people who just experience it on TV or whatever, always think, you know, waste of a weekend. It's mm-hmm. boring. But when you're there, it's a totally different vibe. That's the third one I've gotten to cover. And it was really, really good. So being up close and personal, is there anything in particular that stood out for you? I thought they really nailed the skills competition this year. I, I'm not sure how well it translated on TV. I know some of the reviews were pretty good, but for once they made it feel meaningful. And, you know, maybe it's because last year it was in Florida and nobody in Florida cared. The rink was half empty for the skills competition, whatever. But this year the players really bought in. I know Connor McDavid had a lot to do with that. I thought for the first time really in NHL skills competition history, they found a shootout system that works. So we got this cool one-on-one showdown between players and goalies cash on the line like the skills competition was it was electric in that building so that was probably the best part of the weekend tyler you're m check from oilers nation with us on sports 1440 so did you feel that they took some you know even going back to vegas some hulkiness i guess out of the weekend 
Yeah. And again, I know they loved kind of trying to create viral moments with those skills competitions and the skits they were doing and all of that. Yeah. But I just think real hockey fans don't really care about that stuff. Maybe some kids get a chuckle out of it, but come on, if you're a kid watching the skills competition, you get just as much of a kick out of watching Connor McDavid do 12 consecutive breakaways than you do out of Jack Hughes wearing a cape pretending to do a magic trick in Vegas, right? So Mm -hmm. I do think they took some of the cheesiness out of it. They made it kind of meaningful. I mean, a million bucks up for grabs. I know people are kind of sitting there saying, you know, oh, these guys are already millionaires. Why do they care? But if someone gives you a chance to win, you know, (laughs) one-tenth or for some of those guys, one-seventh of your salary in a three-hour span, you're going to go pretty hard, and that's what we saw. And and the players went a lot harder, the ones that were in the skills, than the game itself. It was pretty easy to see that, don't you think? Yeah, and that's yeah. why I think going forward, if you're the NHL, like make the skills competition the marquee event. And they already kind of do, right? Mm-hmm. They put it on Friday night, the skills competition, or sorry, the game itself is Saturday afternoon. It starts at 3 o'clock Eastern time. But I think they should buy into making the skills competition the big, big moment of the weekend. I think mm-hmm. naturally it already kind of is, but you can definitely tell in the all-star game and be behind the scenes there. Like when guys are eliminated – they are gone to the airport before that (laughs) second game even happens. I think in that first game, there's a lot of guys who are like, you know, if we lose, we're out of here like an hour and a bit earlier. That's not bad. But then when they get to that final meeting of the All-Star Tournament, they almost have the sense of like, well, we're here. We're playing anyways. Might as well try to win an extra 100 grand each. But that first game, it's always painful. Tyler, you're on check with us on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. So Oilers in Vegas tonight. And it seems like we haven't had a game for more than the 9, 10 days or whatever it was. But finally, we are back as far as the Oilers go. A couple games in the NHL last night. But, you know, I've never been able to cover a team that has been on a roll like this in, in you know, the 26 years I've been here. And it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic in the sense that, you know, you're trying to create some history. But just listening to all the Oilers yesterday, it was neat to hear them going about, you know, we just kind of want to stick with what we're doing here. And the, the streak is, it's fine that we, we're, we're banging these in a row, but, you know, it's more important to make sure our game is kind of still polished uh, moving forward here. Yeah, and what an interesting win streak it's been because they've they've won in so many different ways, right? Like there have been stretches and particularly the last two games before the break where it's like, oh, it's Connor McDavid in the power play starting to dominate once again, but for so much of this streak, it was good defensive hockey. It was good goaltending. It was limiting your scoring chances. And I think that's really what's been the most impressive part to me. And when they sit there and say to the media, no, we're, we're not worried about the streak. We're just worried about doing things the right way. I kind of sit there and go, yeah, we can. We know it's not lip service because we now have 16 consecutive games to look back on and go, good defensive showdown, good defensive game. Like, They've kind of walked the walk, not just talked the talk like maybe we've seen in the past. So this team, you know, when they when they won that first run of eight straight games earlier in the season, my big thing, I was like, they're not showing me anything different. This is Mm -hmm. Connor McDavid dominating. This is their power play, helping them win a lot of hockey games. I wasn't that impressed. I'm sitting here now totally changing my tune going. They are showing me something different now. They're showing they can win tight, low scoring hockey games. And that's something we we really have never seen from this group. And you know what, Tyler, in the, when you say that too, changing your tune, it's also maybe changed the tune of many Oiler fans and media people with the sense of there's been very little trade talk, really. It's been quiet because why do you want to change things? Why do you want to make things, uh, you know, why do you want to upset the apple cart, so to speak, with the exception of the Corey Perry ad here? I mean, it, I mean it's way quieter this year 
than I've remember in years past. Would you agree with that? It is way quieter than in years past. I think part of it, obviously, winning cures at all. If they had lost four in a row heading into the All-Star break, we probably would have spent the last seven days talking about who they're trading the first round pick for. I think the other side of it, though, is there's no one good on the trade market. Like, yeah. I, you know, I follow Frank's trade targets list on Daily Faceoff. Good company plug by me there. <laughs> Send it to my bosses. But yeah. the top two names on his list are already off the board in Lindholm and Monaghan. And mm-hmm. you look at the other players in the top 10 and you just kind of go like, Okay, really, Nick Dowd? Like, we're going to get all hyped up about Nick Dowd? So part of it is the Oilers winning. Part of it is, I think this is the has the potential to be the slowest trade deadline we've seen in a decade. Mm-hmm. What about Jake Gensel? I love Jake Gensel if he's available, but I think the yeah. problem right now, and we're hearing rumblings that Pittsburgh's, you know, trying to work towards extending him before the deadline. We know he's tight with Sidney Crosby. We know they play a lot and work well together. If Pittsburgh trades Jake Gensel, they're they're waving a white flag to an extent here. And do you want to be the GM and Kyle Dubas who waves the white flag in one of the few seasons Sidney Crosby has left? Like, probably not. So I would love Jake Gensel as a fit. I would move a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, even though he'd be a pure rental. I'd move a lot to try to get Jake Gensel in here. But... I just have a really hard time believing Pittsburgh seriously considering moving this guy. I kind of agree with you because, uh, you know, Dubas would be looking like, what am I doing here with uh, the age of my core group? And, you know, they've talked about the big three there for many years. Carlson, for some reason, hasn't fit in this year because of the the dynamic that they had before. But um, Tyler Yarmchuk, Oilers Nation, with us on Sports 1440. As far as the Oilers goaltending situation goes, are you completely happy with how it is moving forward, even past the deadline, if there isn't a move made? completely happy no would i be fine if we got to the end of the day march 8th and they don't add a goalie yeah i I think i would just Mm -hmm. because this team doesn't have a lot of future assets to spend this team doesn't have a lot of cap space to spend either right so you sit there and you go okay if you have limited cap space limited assets and you know you need to you, you know you probably should add some depth on defense you probably want to add another centerman to the mix and you might be tempted to, like you said, spend up and go get a scoring top six right winger to ride shotgun with Leon Dreisaitl. If you want to do all those things, do you want to go spend a good chunk of your remaining cap space and a second round pick on Marc-Andre Fleury where, you know, in a best case scenario, the goalie you bring in isn't going to play a game for you. Stuart Skinner should be your guy in the playoffs. Shouldn't won't play a playoff game for you, I should add. Stuart Skinner should be your guy. And I think what we've seen from Skinner over the last month and a half is he's capable of going on a very, very elite run. And with Pickard, has he given you a reason not to trust him yet outside of the fact that his name's Calvin Pickard? Yeah. He's got a 915 save percentage. They've let him sit on the bench for 10 days and then they throw him into action against the Devils. And it's like, boom, he gives you a good performance. And he sits for another 10 days and you throw him back in and boom, it's another good performance. So, like, just because his name's Calvin Pickard, yep. we're itching to upgrade him. Like, I, I don't know. I think he hasn't given you a reason not to trust him yet. So why should you waste one of the few assets you have and the little calf space you have on an upgrade that maybe won't even need to be necessary? You know, it's funny you say that, Chuck. I've said for years and years, if you take the jersey off the guy and put another jersey on it and the casual fan goes, let's just put Marc-Andre Fleury, the jersey on him, on Cal Pickard and, and put Cal Pickard in the goal check his numbers out, see what he's done, winning the games, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's going, man, this is just unbelievable. But it's the name. It's the fact that, you know, he's been, you know, besides that year in Colorado when he had 50 50 games played, 
He's a journeyman. He hasn't played much. So it's funny how fans just can't get past that. And I've always gone, just get past it because the guy's been playing lights out for you. So uh, where, where are you at with Connor Brown here moving forward in the sense that, you know, we've we've waited a long time here. It's He's played 38 games and still no goal. So where are you at with him? Oh, he was my preseason hype guy this year as well. <laughs> I watched him in a couple of those preseason games. I was like, man, he moves well. He goes to the right spots. He finds those soft spots in the offensive zone. I was talking to Frank. I'm like, Frank, he might score 25 goals this year. And, well, he won't, um, to say the least. But I'm okay with him still playing. This is mm-hmm. not one of those guys who I sit there and watch and you know want to claw my eyes out and go, he's doing nothing. Why are they playing him? Because you can see him still doing a lot of the right things on the ice, and he's an important part of the penalty kill, and he still goes hard to the net, and the play doesn't always die on his stick. Like I like Connor Brown more than I like Matthias Janmark, and I think mm-hmm. it's interesting that the difference between those two is exactly one goal, one goal, and that one goal went in off Janmark's chest. Like In terms of goals being scored off their stick or off an actual hockey play, Connor Brown and Matias Janmark are both at zero, and I think it's interesting. And I know part of it is because of the dead cap bonus and all of that stuff that goes with Connor Brown. But Connor Brown's become a whipping boy. Mm-hmm. Matias Janmark, who I know has been great defensively, I'm not trying to say he isn't, but like offensive production wise, he's gotten a total pass because of Connor Brown. So I'm cool with Connor Brown playing. And if I had to make a list of who's next coming out of the lineup as they start to potentially make some ads ahead of the deadline. I think you take out Gagne before you take out Connor Brown. I think you take out Yanmark. And I would hmm. maybe, maybe be tempted to take out Derek Ryan if you added a centerman before I take out Connor Brown. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's uh, Tyler Uremchuk from Oilers Nation. And uh, so you're back in the swing of things after the big trip out uh, to the big smoke, uh, Chucker. So what do you got cooking on Oilers Nation here in the next little bit and things going forward? Yeah, we got uh, a pretty busy day going here with game days returning. I'm live every day at uh, 12 o'clock Mountain over on the Oilers Nation YouTube. Mm-hmm. We're throwing a watch party downtown Edmonton at Greta tonight as the Oilers look to tie a streak. So, I mean, if I wasn't hard enough on my body through five days in Toronto, why not go to a bar on a Tuesday and watch the Oilers <laughs> try to uh, tie the streak? Eh? You, were, you weren't uh, getting at her in Toronto, were you? Uh, who's I don't know who's listening, so I'll just say no. <laughs> yes. Well, the last time when you went out to Philadelphia, Frank said he woke you up one morning and there was like 16 empty Lowenbrow bottles on the bedstand in his basement. Yeah, that seems about on brand for me. <laughs> Lowenbrow, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had one before? No. Oh, no. What's your, what would be your beer of choice if you're, if you're sitting down for a pint? Oh, sitting down for a pint. I'm one of those guys, like I'm a craft beer guy. Yeah. So I love to just sit down and try something that's new and local. I love what the people out at Sea Change do. Yes. I love what the people at SYC do. Any of those good local breweries, as soon as I see those, I'm a sucker for that. There you go. Hey, uh, thanks for this big fella. Get back into those PJs and get that bowl of cereal going. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Kev. All right, that's uh, Tyler Uramchuk from Oilers Nation. And our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. When we come back, we're going to talk a little football. It's, uh, I guess we're getting close to it, uh, CFL free agency. They had the communication window open on the weekend. But uh, Matthew Shinetti from the CFL on TSN will guest with us at the top of the hour. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show at Sports 1440. Before that time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. This Sunday, watch the Chiefs and 49ers with great food specials throughout the game. Only at First Round. Uh, Football at First Round. Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays during the regular season. You could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.